welcome to Commercial Real Estate Eyes Wide Open podcast. I'm Ann Hambly, your host, and I'm very pleased to have with me today Brandon Flurry of um, Corten Real Estate. And Brandon, let me get, take a minute and let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and Corten in general, and then we'll get into some um, hot topics about the uh, about things you cover in the industry. Sure, I appreciate your time, Ann. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, so Corten Real Estate is a real estate private equity firm uh, based in the mid-Atlantic with offices in Wilmington, Delaware, Philadelphia, and greater Washington, D.C. Uh, we invest in three asset classes, hospitality, multifamily, and office, predominantly with structured you know, solutions. So we are working with owners uh, to provide capital uh, for special situations, you know, just trying to allow folks more time to work through you know, the pandemic or uh, uh, special service or modifications that are needed, um, but but really trying to create tailored solutions for owners and borrowers uh, in, within those three asset classes. And actually, we worked together on a deal not that long ago that was a hospitality, big hospitality portfolio. And I think one thing that's important for the listeners to know is when you're doing, when you're bringing in a partner such as yourself, or I, I say partner, but you're bringing in capital, um, it's always best to have someone, if you've got CMBS debt, bring in someone that understands CMBS debt, what you do. And and I, I want to say, I've told you this individually, but I think it's important to say it now. Um, you were by far the easiest um, capital source to work with that we've ever worked with. I think in our we're on our 18th year. And that says a lot about um, a whole bunch of things. But anyway, I, I think it's important. You get in, you get the deal done. Uh, you don't you know, play around with people's emotions. These are very high stress emotional times for owners, um, as you well know. So absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Your your team was terrific to work on with it in that transaction as well. And yeah, I mean, I think we, we have a high, you know, degree of familiarity with the CMBS world and kind of the inner workings and the challenges and the positives and the negatives. And um, you know, we've we've had the opportunity to work with a lot of servicers uh to to sort of work through the last couple of years, which have been challenging for a lot of folks. Um, so I think that familiarity and just sort of experience has, has hopefully, you know, served other owners well, just, you know, the benefit of our experience. Is your um, basic premise to invest and then get paid off at a return or do you, you know, not, you're not looking to ultimately own the property if you don't have to, are you right? Correct. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not, we're not really a loan to own shop at all. We're, we're trying to grow an AUM business. And so, um, yeah, ultimately, our goal is to provide capital solutions that, you know, bridge a, a period of time really is what I think the majority of owners are are looking to capital like ours um, to, to do. And so we provide subordinate debt, preferred equity, you know, we can be common equity, we can be JV equity. Um, a, a lot of the things that we've worked on over the last couple of years have been uh, a little bit more tailored to the preferred equity and subordinate debt space. Um, but we have the flexibility to play up and down the cap stack, which I think is a little bit unique. Um, and, and obviously our uh, sector, you know, uh, uh, diversity across three different asset classes, I think also provides, you know, a little bit of a unique platform for, for us. Um, yes. So, you, you know, ultimately our, our business plan is to kind of get in and get out. We're, we're not, we're not a, a predatory shop. That's not, that's not our business plan at all. And I know, and I, and I know that, or I would never have invited yeah. you to speak on the podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, the worst thing we can do with owners when they're in a distressed situation and trying to work it out is to bring in a predatory, uh, you know, 
It's kind of like when the IRS calls you and says, here, I want to help you. you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I don't know sure. why I laugh at that. I shouldn't. My IRS is probably hearing this and going, yeah, yeah, we'll come <laughs> see you right now. <laughs> so really three property types, hospitality, which is the deals we've done, um, multifamily, which I got to believe. I want to come back and ask you this question in a minute. And then office. I got some questions about those mm-hmm. last two property types. Um, multifamily. I'm hearing, in fact, I had a uh, talk to someone earlier today and they're focused in the multifamily space. And they said what they're what they're overwhelmingly seeing is when you've got a, a multifamily loan and it's maturing in the next year, you've got uh you originally got your loan at you know 60% LTV, you know, 80% LTV, maybe, and you know whatever the interest rate is. And now you're faced with higher rate, less LTV, and people just generally aren't getting out. So when you get the extension from your lender, they're going to need you to put new money in and so on. Is that kind of the, I mean, is that a plan? Uh, yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. I mean, I think our focus in the multifamily space right now is 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 kind of predicated around cash and refis, right? Which is exactly that. A lot of things got originated um, or or funded or conceived of in the last couple of years, you know, kind of priced to perfection, high leverage, and the debt capital markets today just aren't really necessarily there to refinance at the same levels. And so I think a lot of folks, you know, who may need more time to execute their business plan are going to need principal paydowns to get loan extensions. Or, you know, the other big thing in, in the floating rate bridge world is interest rate caps, right? I mean, just given oh, the rise, yeah. given the rise in base rates over the last 12 months, um, anybody who needs to buy a new interest rate cap, um, it, it's it's a pretty penny. And so the, there's just different uses of capital, but you know, between maturities in 2023. And I think the statistic I read the other day or I heard was there's $500 billion of notional loans that have interest rate caps that are coming due in 2023. And so just- billion? 500 billion, yeah. Wow. And so for, for anybody who needs, who just has uses on the horizon, you know, whether it be related to a maturity or just other, you know, uh, interest rate caps or financial instruments, um, that need to be re-upped or extended or what have you, they may just not have the liquidity to be able to do that. And right. so for us, you know, being a preferred equity subordinate debt provider, there's kind of this gap in the stack where, you know, ho- hopefully we can fill in and, and be a partner there. Wow, that's great. Okay, I hadn't I hadn't even realized, um, hadn't thought of it in some of the ways you just described. Are you, is that, what's your dollar preference or is there? Uh, a specific window you stay in, you know? Yeah. So, so I mean, t- typically we're investing anywhere from, I don't know, eight to $40 million in a deal. And given where we can play up and down the cap stack, that can inform mm-hmm. a pretty wide range of, you know, total capitalizations. Um, yeah. Because if we're sliver mes or, you know, common equity, JV equity, right, that can be a $100 million yeah. deal, be a $300 million deal. Right. Um, but But typically, you know, on single asset transactions, it, generally speaking, it's in the 10 to $25 million range, okay. uh, just yeah. depending on what the uses are, what have you. But yeah, we can flex up, flex down. We, we typically do not go below eight. Um, so that's generally the range that we see. Why eight, not five? Or <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> it, interesting, yeah, right? I, I mean, we, we've, we've done things as small as five, I think, just given <laughs> yeah. the size of the vehicles that we have opportunity cost-wise, it, it, it's just a little bit bigger. Huh. Just usually it's around, yeah. You know, well, I mean, the, oh, the, I know it's, so, yeah, cool. that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, talk about office. So well, let me give you, let me set the groundwork from what I'm hearing. And I'm, um, sure. I'm not in the capital space, as you know, I'm in the, you know, working out of the debt, right? 
But what I'm hearing over and over is that nobody, nobody, nobody's interested in the in putting new money in the office space uh, right now. What do you when you say you do in office? What talk more about what you would be interested in or where you can help with clients sure. on that? Yeah. So, so in the office space, um, I think there's kind of two, we, we have kind of two strategic imperatives. One is, you know, potentially providing rescue capital, right, for groups that need senior loan paydowns and funding of TIs, LCs, whatever the case may be. And then the second kind of strategic uh, focus for us in the office space is, is use conversion, where, you know, under-occupied or vacant office is, is going to be converted to an alternative use, you know, just using multifamily mm-hmm. as a vehicle. Um, so if, if, if the basis is right, um, our, our platform, we've got sort of in-house construction uh, expertise and redevelopment expertise um, where that's, we would love to try to be able to bring that to bear and be a you know, strategic partner to folks who um, may, may have those opportunities within their portfolio. Um, and, and obviously we have capital to bring to those situations as well. But you know, I think those are kind of the two places we're less focused on, you know, traditional buying and selling of office today. Um, so it's a yeah. little bit more special situations focused um, and, and trying to be really targeted with, with our office allocation. How about um, bridge financing in general? Um, I know you talk about all up and down the capital stack, but talk about bridge financing. So, yeah, so, so um, we have originated a couple of whole loans on the hotel side. Uh, that were larger, and we were able to, you know, bring in leverage, uh, leverage loans beneath us. We're not set up to be a true just standalone okay. yeah. bridge lender. Um, so, in in certain instances, we have gotten comfortable with being a stretch senior provider, but we needed to bring in, you know, financing to be able to execute that. Yeah. We, we don't Got it. we don't have warehouse lines or repo lines that, you know, we look to take advantage of that stuff. Uh, right. So generally speaking, bridge lending is is not a core focus for us. We have done it in certain instances, but uh, I, I wouldn't say it's you know widespread for us. Not your favorite, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, are there so eight to forty million roughly? I realize that's probably not hard and fast, but that's yeah, a very sure. good guidance. And property types or hospitality, multifamily, office. Um, what about geography? Do you look nationwide or what are yeah. you? Yeah. So, so I would on? say on, on the office and multifamily sides, we, we tend to, you know, stick to the Eastern seaboard on the hotel side. It's more of a national platform. Um, so in the last couple of years, we've invested in 25 hotels um, across the country, you know, Pacific Northwest down through California and Texas up through the Midwest and then all down the East coast. So we, we've, we've covered a pretty wide geography there mm-hmm. on the office and, and multi-side it's predominantly mid-Atlantic and South, you know, so a little bit Sunbelt, but um, that's just sort of historically where we have operated and invested. Okay, great. How long have you guys been around? How long has Corten been around? So Corten was founded back in 2018. Um, oh, wow. So we were, okay. Yeah. We, a lot of us, you know, kind of came out of an operator, owner-operator background. And so, you know, the, the original uh, business plan or thesis was to, you know, bring owner-operator kind of expertise and, and apply that to an allocator model. So invest really through the prism of having been an owner-operator um, and to hopefully be a strategic partner to folks and not just be kind of a commodity capital provider. Um, and so that's what we've tried to do. We've, we've been pretty active in a you know, tumultuous market, but uh, you know, hopefully you know, a lot of our partners have, have found value in, in our capital and our experience. 
Well, I've heard only good things about you when you're in when you're in need of that. Um, obviously, if you, just like me, you know, when people call me, it's like you wish you never had to. Right. So if you have no problems with your loan, you wouldn't need to call. But so if you're in a situation where you need capital, you're, you're the best of what I've what I've experienced and heard of. Um, I was going to. So when you found when the company was created in 2018, you guys knew ahead of time that COVID was coming in 2020, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, we, we had a we had a special pretty insightful. Pieces. Yeah, <laughs> that we, we were fortunate uh, to have a yeah. pretty, pretty wide opportunity set kind of unfold very, very closely after we we started. Say but, so. Well, um, when you said 2018, I was thinking, okay, that was the year. You you don't look like you've been through many uh, downturns. <laughs> I don't know about but that. I've been through. <laughs> I've been through, oh my gosh. So, you know, a whole bunch of them, but um, I think we all in the industry thought there would be, you know, the 10 year cycle, right? The last one was 08, 18 was supposed to be the last down, next downturn. Right. Um, and of course we sat and waited a long time and couldn't figure out why it didn't happen. Was that the rationale at all to be ready for the 18 downturn? A, a little bit. Yeah. I think back then we, we saw some cracks that were of interest to us that, you know, again, given our experience in history, you know, certain markets, certain asset classes, you know, were sort of primed for a correction. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously not the correction that, you know, or, or the change yeah. that kind of unfolded ultimately, but um, we, we just saw some opportunities that, you know, may require capital and expertise that we, that we possessed. And so kind of a unique, interesting time to have, to have started. And then yeah, yeah obviously the opportunity set expanded pretty dramatically once, once the pandemic you know, started. Um, so yeah, it was, yeah, we, we certainly didn't have a crystal ball that, that the world was uh, going to have a pandemic. Well, I created my firm in November of 2005. Got it. And so 06 was a, a year of a lot of trades, you know, assumptions were very busy. 07, I thought, man, I landed on a gold mine because the trades were just so active that year. And then um, 08, of course, you know, stopped, trade stopped, and we got into the workout business. The workout but I've business. had a, yeah, I've had a number of people say to me, oh, so you knew in November of 2005 that the 08, you know, downturn was going to happen. So I thought, yeah, I, I just laughed and someone said, if, no, if only, just, yeah, if only, right? Yeah. So that's why I thought, well, I'll, I'll do the same with you. Right? Yeah, I, we're, yeah. We're certainly not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if only, like you said. So, well, I I think um, I've covered, I think the basis for basics for what an owner would want to hear about what you provide. Anything else that you think I didn't cover that you'd want to throw out there? Um, otherwise, I'll, I'll uh, ask you one last question before we sign off. Yeah, no, no, I, pr I appreciate that. I, I think, you know, to the extent any, any listeners out there, any viewers out there, you know, have situations where we're pretty creative, right? And, and our flexibility to be able to sort of go up and down and evaluate things all across the country, you know, I think, you know, is a little bit unique. And so to the extent that anybody's got, you know, situations that, again, maybe they don't want to pick up the phone and talk about, but uh, yeah, we'd love to try to be a resource where we can. Actually, uh, the person I was talking to earlier today said they they see they think sometimes what our industry is like is a slow moving tr train crash, <laughs> and I thought that's so true. Sometimes you can see that it's gonna happen, right? And to your point, and it's the whole point is come early, right? I assume you'd want owners to call you as soon as they're thinking they might 
you know, need this in the future, not wait until, oh my God, I need it, you know, tomorrow. So yeah. And and, and as you know better than anybody, right? The, the processes, particularly on the securitized side with with a lot of these servicers, it just it just takes a lot of time. And you know, having your ducks in a row with who your partner is going to be to try to get oh, yeah. you know, ultimate resolution, I think, you know, will ultimately inert to your benefit. So yeah. the, the sooner you can, you know, start that conversation, I, I think the better. That's what, that's what I say all the time too. So I was going to ask you this, but I think it's an obvious answer. I mean, 23 is probably going to be full of opportunities for your uh, firm to, you know, help many, many owners. Um, I was going to ask you if you think 23 will be a lot busier than 22. Maybe I'll still ask it that way. But what do you see for 2023 as far as what you're working on? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of the challenge in the market right now is just the debt capital markets, right? The the sort of unavailability of debt. And, you know, in talking with a lot of folks at a lot of conferences this month, you know, it just seems like there's not a real um, underpinning of conviction around, you know, the debt capital markets returning in the first half of the year. So right. I think that a lot of folks are going to be talking to their existing lenders and trying to figure out, you know, how can I get an extension? What, what do I need, you know, in a, to, to, to obtain an extension? Because just the conventional markets just aren't going to be there to support a refinancing. And so I think for, for a group like us, we, we do anticipate to be quite busy um, just to try to help work through those, the, the timing issues with folks. Absolutely. So I, I think that, I think that the traditional buying and selling transaction market may, you know, still be challenging, but it doesn't mean that deals and transactions won't yeah. get done. I think it's just going to be a lot of, you know, recapitalizations, internal refinancings, you know, workouts. Um, so, you know, that's that's where, you know, can- candidly, we spend a lot of our time, almost all of yeah. our time. So, I think that I think it'll be a busy year for us. I'm not I'm not taking the year off the gym. That's for sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. I th- we're, we're kind of envision. Well, it's we're already feeling it. Actually, we're already seeing it. Um, and where we're seeing most is office, um, just a, a lot of office deals that need help. Um, I think the key to your point, I mean, what we're seeing is that servicers and lenders in general are granting extensions due to all the reasons you just described. But along with that extension comes some kind of new skin in the game. And it can be the form of re-upping your TILC needs or your cap capital needs, or it can be a pay down or anything like that. So mm-hmm. that's where um, I say, you know, for people, I mean, th- I think we're going to work together a lot, I hope, Brandon, in 2023, Likewise. because you got where people don't have the, you know, they got a closed in fund or they just otherwise aren't in a position to put money in. Um, you'll be a great resource for that. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks, thanks so much for your time. Um, I uh, we're gonna, of course, have some links to how people can connect with you. Anybody that's listening that would want to, and um, I, uh, I, I look forward to a busy year. Terrific. Well, <laughs> thank, thank you, you so much for your time. I appreciate you including me. Thank you. Thank you.